0: Hello and welcome to another episode of our show. Today's guest is Distractor. Distractor is an abstract artist who uses coffee stains to create his art. And uh, he's recently done an exhibit that focuses on mental health, things like Alzheimer's, and using his art to explore this this message through his medium. Uh, Distractor obviously is a nickname. He explains how he got that nickname he's also based out of oman which is a country in the middle east Uh, i said omar i think i had don omar on the mind the the musician anyways this is an awesome episode i'm incredibly grateful to have had distractor on to explain his art and to uh to explain the the message behind this uh if you enjoy this episode please be sure to follow us on instagram i'm probably wrong about everything as well as youtube same name uh, subscribers and, and likers and all that stuff it does help us to, to spread the message so if you enjoy this episode also be sure to drop us a line at rob's probably wrong at gmail.com thank you so much for listening and i hope you enjoy uncut uncensored and unfiltered this is an open mind and you're listening to i'm probably wrong about everything distractor how are you doing good 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 how are you bro? I'm, I'm very good thank you i want to thank you for joining us today um i i i came across your art on uh, instagram and instagram is well the internet is such an amazing way of connecting people uh in in positive ways and the art that you create is Totally nuanced. You make art with coffee stains, but it's not just coffee stains. You make like actual art. Like you have this picture of Van Morrison that is insane, man. So thank you so much for being on the show today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So when we were trying to figure it out uh, time zone wise, you're in you're in uh, Omar. Is that right? Um, Omar, yes. Yes, and that's Omar. in. The- United Arab within the
1: GCC. Now it's right below uh, Dubai. It's like right. five hour drive from Dubai, around thousand kilometers, we can say.
0: So I mean, we, we did a COVID special uh, a couple months back in March, and we talked with people all over the world about uh, you know their experiences with COVID, and we never got to speak to somebody from from that region. So how have, how were things there during this whole uh, pandemic? I think the uh,
1: COVID actually hit the country pretty bad. I mean, it hit the world pretty bad. That, uh, uh, it, it, it's been a tough ride. People lost jobs and people, a few of us who are a little bit more privileged uh, could actually you know afford to self-isolate and uh, they were able to ride out the pandemic i mean it's still going on but whatever ride that they've been through we've been through i think they've uh, ridden through that thanks to the privilege and uh, the government here has actually done a phenomenal job of maintaining the lockdowns and then making sure um all the supplies are in there i mean nobody had to rush to the stores or anything for food or and Oman also has uh, blue collar workers and so the government actually took a few measures to take care of them also. They kind of provided additional food and uh, there's a lot that is done on humanitarian uh, basis. And they're also increasing jobs for locals as the new, uh, because COVID has hit local businesses and some of them had to shut shop. So the government is trying to, create more opportunities for the residents so that, you know, they can get back
0: to track on their, you know, on their lives. Right. Well, yeah. and, and, and mental illness has been a, a major theme throughout this pandemic. I mean, people in isolation and things like that in and, and your art uh, on your website, which I just included here, uh, I'll just pop it up. But one of your focuses in your art is mental illness. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Um, To be honest, I mean, whether we accept it or not, I think every individual on our planet, or if there are other planets, they will go through some sort of a mental illness. And some may recognize it, some may not, some might be in denial. Um, This, this, uh, I mean, but this particular theme I chose, one is because of the pandemic and I'm diabetic also. And I haven't stepped out of my house for almost a year. Like literally didn't step out of the door for a year. And uh, it, it, it it's a major revelation for myself that I'm a very outgoing person. I've done, I mean, I backpacked I hike, and all of that. And all of a sudden shutting shop and just sitting at home, uh, privileged to have a job still. But doing that made me think more along those lines to see how people are coping. And it made me connect with all my old friends. I mean, I've always been in touch with them, but this time I was able to actually spend more time talking to them, Um, rebuild bridges that I've burned. And and then a local gallery came up with this concept. I mean, they asked me if I want to exhibit any of my art. And uh, I've never had a show in Oman, even though I've had shows uh, where else. And then I thought, I'm provided for right now but so I don't need to need money to look after me but if I if my I mean as I'm talking about my art in perspective I don't need to sell my paintings for me to eat so I have that privilege why don't I use this privilege to talk about mental illness I don't care whether people buy these paintings or not because I can afford to you know buy a buy a canvas and then uh, play with it and then um so initially I thought I'll just paint something Oman-themed and then like to get, get a little bit more traction, but then I gravitated towards this idea. Uh, and that that's the other reason. And third reason was, uh, I come from a very modest background, but uh, in the, my family, there are very highly educated uh, individuals who kind of took me under their wing to, uh, answered all my questions, I was a very curious boy and my uncle, he actually curated a museum in my hometown and then he was also a marine, uh, marine, bio, marine geologist sorry. So he had this innate curiosity about everything. And to give you one little example, I asked him how do crickets make this noise? I was, as a kid, seven years old. He doesn't, yeah. he didn't need to answer me, or he could have just said, "Oh, they have these little, uh, um, I don't know what they are called that stupid of me, but tentacles on their uh, feet that they, they move them around, and then you get." So no, no. He spent three days catching the cricket. Figured out. I mean, this was in 1980s, so there is no internet at least in India. Right. He figured out their diet, and then he waited till the night, because usually crickets make that sound in the night, so he waited till the night to show it to me. And that is how he started the, you know, the whole concept of scientific curiosity in me. And since then, there was no stupid question that I could ask him. I could, I mean, there were times we used to discuss the Vitruvian man or the, you know, uh, proportions of a human body Uh, talk about geodes and how they are formed versus do airplanes have indicators on them when they take a left turn or a right turn. So he used to answer that question as seriously as he used to answer Mm -hmm. my serious questions. He's 85 now and uh, he has Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And I, it it was very, um, I cherished them all through my life. He is always, uh, I, I like to believe that he cherished me, he cherished my questions. And during this time, I thought I should pay a tribute to him. And the only way I could do that, if I was there, I could have cooked him a meal. But then my aunt is a <laughs> much better cook than I am. And <laughs> most of my recipes are taken from her and her sisters. So I thought this is one medium I have and this is what I can do. So... And i'm like yes this is what i want to do and then i thought it shouldn't be just one tribute i should look at mental illnesses as a whole uh thought process and then try to express it through my words basically i might have gotten it right i might have gotten it wrong i'm not looking at uh, uh whether it is right or wrong but i'm looking at what i interpret a mental illness You're you're, you're demonstrating your understanding. Yes. And yeah, that's how this uh, particular exhibition came into picture. And when I pitched this idea to the gallery, he really liked it, the gallery owner. And then we have a local royal who also is uh, helping out in the mental illness space in Oman. Uh, She has... uh, uh, Clinic here and she's doing phenomenal work she partnered with us so she sent some of her team and they explained the paintings i mean they were showing the paintings and then they were talking about what the mental illness is how it manifests so it became an art show plus a tribute plus something people could learn a little bit about and uh, it, it was a great experience and some of the paintings i did for this particular show will disintegrate i don't know how long it's going to take but they will disintegrate and that's how i made them so that they will disintegrate so i don't know somebody buys it or not they're right in this room
0: right (laughs) now what is it made out of that it disintegrates so like that the picture will eventually like it's I mean it's it's green it's green art right green energy it's green art so so the the painting will disintegrate what is it made out
1: of I have actually came up with a mixture of coffee and egg tempera that forms a thick layer on the canvas but it's so brittle it starts breaking up I see and so it's hard to get a uh, coffee to properly stick onto canvas I mean you can get like a few layers of it and build a layer into it but um, for it to actually show the depth or the thickness only uh, egg tempera can do. So I mix that and now it starts uh, going brittle uh, slowly and then sometimes depending on the effect I'm going for I expose the paintings to extreme heat we have a desert, so sometimes I dry the paintings in the desert so that it gets the crackular uh, texture. And sometimes an extremely salty uh, uh, humidity right in front of the sea. So it, it, I change the drying medium, the way the painting dries, to get that kind of uh, effect.
0: Do, do you I, have an example of one of your paintings for, for viewers to see? Yeah, one so Distractor makes paintings out of coffee stains. And he was just telling us about, oh, wow. This
1: is the tribute painting. It's the Alzheimer's. Oh. I think okay. you can see. Can uh, you see the whites in the
0: painting? Yes.
1: These are not actually. The, the hole, hole right picture. there. Okay. Ah, that's a hole. Right next to the hole here, if you see, it's white in there. And I'm going to rub off the white. That's the painting disintegrating. There's, it's not there anymore. So if I leave it, it will slowly disintegrate. And if you look closely, you can see the crackles happening there.
0: Yeah.
1: And then even the uh, the place I burnt, it's 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 very fragile. Like if I touch that, that's gonna. Go. So the idea is, this is Alzheimer's. This yes. Is how yeah. You have your positives that I represented in a few bits of gold and some silver, and then I use some expired varnish. So that it could form like different textures in the same thing. Like you'll have to like look at the painting from floors to look at the different textures and all these textures disintegrate in a different way. So if you hang it, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 years from now, it it just disintegrates. So that's the whole concept behind this
0: uh, Alzheimer's painting. Dude, that is genius. Because like you say, I mean, alzheimer's is our mind deteriorates over time and this painting illustrates that beautifully uh i mean beautiful in a way that it's like it's tragic too and and just how precious life is now i i did see some gold in there what else did you use did you use anything besides coffee Um, to create that um, in this one, it's coffee, gold
1: and silver accents. It's just acrylic gold and uh, silver dust. I see, yeah. Then I had uh, expired varnish. That is how the whites are coming out. So what happens when varnish expires is it crystallizes a little bit. Mm. So I let the varnish, I, I just put the entire tub of varnish out in the hot muscat sun. And I'm talking about 110 degrees so it, it formed form the crystallization so one of the layers is just varnish and once that layer is sealed i started applying more layers of coffee so now when it is drying each layer dries differently so one layer which is more viscous dries slowly but the layer underneath it is already varnish which dries off that way so it starts cracking so the way the layer over that cracks is different so that is how the effect comes out i don't know in like <laughs> Five, ten,
0: twenty years of time. Wow. That's so, how the uh, disease
1: manifests, also, right?
0: How, uh, uh, when did you develop the strategy of, of making art? Making this particular art or in general yeah. art? In yeah, general? Like the, the coffee art. When did you start start doing this? When did you come up with this technique? Not that this this technique is not something new
1: it's been around for quite a while and then there were uh, there were a few articles i read where um in people in 18th century used to use coffee uh to write manuscripts because that, that that's oh. a diet end of the day so yeah, right, they used right. to prove it thick and then dry it and use it as a i'm, uh, I'm drinking i'm drinking some right now i'm drinking some art <laughs>
0: Nah, it's already 7.30. If I drink now, I don't think I'll be up. <laughs> You'll be up for a few more hours, yeah. So so this um, is this is not a new technique. This has been used before. No,
1: there are quite a few coffee yeah. artists
0: around, but
1: I don't think there are many abstract coffee artists. Right. And, right. Uh, yeah, so 2012, I quit my job to backpack and ride my motorcycle all across India. And after a year and a half, I was dead broke and I came home. And I thought I should visit one of my friends, and she loves coffee, and all of us met at a coffee place. So I made her portrait with coffee and went there. And she's like, This doesn't look like me. I, <laughs> uh, I <laughs> took it as a challenge and then started off with uh, basic portraits and pop art. That's where the Jim Morrison you saw. That, that was uh, from 2013, if I believe. So, slowly from portraits, I just went into, you know, drawing celebrities. That's how you get likes, apparently. <laughs> I still don't understand the popularity stuff on Instagram because most of the people I follow don't have a lot of followers, but their work is phenomenal and it's been exhibited everywhere. So, I'm like, okay, popularity is not for me, is what I thought. Yeah.
0: But then... Uh,
1: which is smart smart, smart. right
0: you just you do what you like and 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 i think that that's what what draws people in because good art well which is actually a funny funny expression good art i mean what what is art to you distractor and and we have somebody who said hello here forgettable vendetta thank you for joining us Oh, okay. This is my first time doing this, so I don't know where comments come. Okay. Oh, it's okay. You're, you're doing great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so what is art distractor?
1: Art is music you can see. Hmm. Oh, that is no, I just saw that on Facebook this morning. A friend shared it on their profile. But that 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 made sense to me. I think art is such a powerful medium. Underutilized. Powerful medium that can make everyone think. That's what I believe, at least. Because when I made my painting, I I understood it, or my thoughts were in a certain way, and I can only channelize uh, the viewer's thoughts into one direction, saying, "Hey, this is what I think." But then, once the a moment a person looks at my art, they they matter. I mean, they make their own. Uh, thought process and stories behind it so art is their story combined with my story that comes out and then just plays out whatever it plays out but
0: yeah yeah i mean because because one sort of philosophical question i mean one thing about this show is it's all about i try to a- ask the big questions but uh, i'm not very intelligent so I, I i always fumble them but anyways it's does the audience or does the artist create the message and what you're saying is that they both create the message it's it's a shared story just yeah. like with the alzheimer's i mean if you put that up there and and it was what what is the the name of that piece by the way the one that you're showing us what's the name of it alzheimer's i see okay yeah
1: i mean so, i'm not gonna sugarcoat anything i mean yeah. I it's gory i'm like yeah it's gory That's how you interpret it. I interpret it as a lot of beautiful moments I spent with them. A lot of the, I mean, when I say thick and thin layers, it's the same thick and thin that we went through life. It's what those people went through life. And then I'm just trying to represent that on a piece of canvas. If you ask me, am I doing a good job? No, That, that guy actually, I mean, my uncle in this instance, he had a much bigger life. He was friends with Carl Sagan for crying out loud. Carl Sagan? Yeah, he was doing research that was, uh, I mean, in, in other words, I mean, Indians use this word, but that was mental. I mean, I, I am actually literally <laughs> having goosebumps, I mean, talking about him. And how many kids can, I mean, I mean, I'm not a kid anymore, but how many 37-year-olds can walk around saying, hey, I touched a moon rock. <laughs> I until had a collection of moon rocks. Wow! <laughs> so that kind of guy so you yeah. can't just limit him to one small canvas and say this is my uncle so this is Alzheimer's this is what people yes. will go through. it's yeah. burnt holes yes it is burning holes but what, what what it represents end of the day is what you interpret it and what I interpret it and,
0: and, uh, and, and, I mean that's, that's what's so wonderful about art is some abstract art I think there's one guy I was talking to him his name is Jerry Fialka and he was talking about This person who took snowshoes, put them up in an art exhibit, and then gave it some funky name. And people were like, what is it about? What is it about? But the reality was they were just snowshoes that he took, put up there. And then it's like he created meaning. So, but but your art, it's like, this is Alzheimer's. And then people interpret that. And then they think, oh, what's the... Because they're being led in that direction, which is the direction you want them to be led to. But then they wonder, well, what are the gold streaks? And that's where that interpretive collective story comes in.
1: Yeah, yeah. Is that ahead. No, 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 please. Even the guy who named the uh, shoes, a shoes, whatever they are, it's the way he has named it might have started yes. something.
0: Exactly. So that
1: would start a spark, a story, or a, a discussion in that uh, that direction, saying, "Why did he name it that?" And that's where you got the story you can tell. Yes. It
0: yeah, yeah. That was the, with the title of it. If it didn't have a title, then people would be like, hmm. "What? What is this?" But with the title, that creates the conversation, and I think hmm. that that's what good art does—is it creates conversations. Yeah. There was one guy who recently sold a sculpture. Did you hear about this? A, it, was Invis- right? it was an invisible, it was an invisible sculpture, and I think he sold it for 15, $75.50. 15000 dollars I think. And I'm in the wrong business. But uh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Italian sculpture <laughs> for yeah, Italian sculpt, uh artists auctioned off an invisible sculpture for eighteen thousand three hundred dollars. Oh, it's made literally of nothing, but what he did i'm just gonna add that right here what he did is he created a conversation people are like this is an art but then it brings up well what is art right exactly <laughs> and and you've answered that question i mean so beautifully in your work now tell us uh, again about the process because what i what i what i think is so wonderful about it is how clean it is uh you were talking about you roast the coffee and then what you do with it. It's not like you just throw it in the garbage. You you use no, it, so tell it, us a little bit about the process of making this. It depends on what the end effect I'm
1: looking for, actually. Right. If it is a simple painting, like I made a
0: uh, replica <laughs> of Garnica, right here. Whoa, that's coffee? Yeah. Dude, that's insane. Can you Can you bring that a little closer if that's possible? This is Picasso's Garnica.
1: Holy! And I just man. made a replica of it and I didn't even want to frame it because how do I improve upon a masterpiece? <laughs> I, I personally think I improved by not framing it. And if mm. you see, the, the canvas is not uniform. It's just a yeah. speed. And then the borders are not the same. The way I cut it is half a hazard and then all the things are coming out. So why did you do this? I mean, like, since he painted it in the 1920s and we are in 2020, what has
0: changed? This is the same shit we are still in. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Hey, hey, this is uncensored, my friend.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Much, Speak much,
0: much freely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, I mean, uh, yeah. what has changed? So, mm-hmm. so for something like mm-hmm. that, since I'm more uh, thinking more along the lines of concept, It doesn't matter how I brew my coffee, so that I use instant coffee because the concept is there, the story is there, I'm just telling it, so it doesn't matter how I say it. Because we have uh, 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 people from non-English speaking countries making movies, and then the movies are, you know, uh, winning Oscars in an English speaking country. So the medium is there, I'm just, so I just didn't bother. And something like a piece like Alzheimer's for this, I actually used a mix of expired coffee and regular coffee. Brew it brew it into a very thick, uh, I reduce the coffee on the stove. I mean, it, it, it's sad to look at good coffee go <laughs> burning because the smell changes. Right. And then I leave it out in the sun for like two to three days and then it forms a little uh, viscous liquid and then I start painting with that. And if it is with egg tempera, uh, I mix it up with uh, one egg white. I mean, egg yellow with the exact quantity of water and sometimes uh, vinegar if I want to, uh, if I want it to hold the color better. And, and then I I keep uh, cutting that with uh, coffee and uh, paint with that. But egg tempera, I need to work very fast because it dries. Uh, mm-hmm. Super fast. So, I just need to know where I want it, how I want it, where I want it thick, and all of that. And uh, so, that's one more. And sometimes, what I do, I just spray my canvas with water and then just throw a coffee up in air. It just falls it wherever it falls. And then I keep introducing water every half hour. So, I literally brew a coffee on my canvas. So that the coffee beans slowly uh, release uh, the color. I mean, coffee, but color in my sense. And then sometimes I uh, I introduce additional coffee beans or sometimes like a few broad, um, uh, dabs of instant coffee or sometimes I try to blow on it. Sometimes I just leave it out in the sun so that the way uh, the
0: parts of coffee dries uh, changes. So. I mean, wow. I. I, I wish you could do. I don't know if you see our logo up there at the top right, but um, yeah, right with the with the wolf in there. It's like, oh man, how much would it be to do a picture of that in coffee? <laughs> Let, let's take that off. <laughs> <laughs> so do do people do people buy your art from your and like from all over the world?
1: Yes, I have been fortunate that way. I I think except in Antarctica, I have my art everywhere, at least two paintings in per continent. Uh, My portraits were well sought out for quite a while and after that I just uh, uh, stopped doing portraits unless it is something very touching or some NGO is trying to do some good work. I mean, good work in my uh, books, not not in their books, because more or less NGOs spend like 60-70% of the funds they get on salaries and shit. Um, so, stuff like that. And recently, I've done a portrait. Uh, this is somebody I know. Their father-in-law passed away before they could actually see the baby. They had a baby. So, they asked me to come up with a concept where, you know, the father-in-law and the baby are together. So... That was a challenge because all I had was a low-resolution picture of the father-in-law's face. So I had to uh, watch videos of their uh, wedding video and then just try to see his mannerism, how his fingers look and all of that and came up with a portrait. So if there is a story behind it, I work with people. Uh, General abstract art, to be very frank, out of 14 paintings I made for this mental illness exhibition, only two were sold. I'm not actually bought but I was selling, but yeah they've, they've been wrong, and somebody I think asked the question, what brand of coffee do you use? That's right, yeah yeah some uh, there was a guy who actually sent me that uh, civet coffee from Indonesia to paint their portrait, so for mm-hmm. that I use that If you're practicing instant coffee, I mean I, I'm, I'm I I believe in not wasting resources. And uh, I don't know there's no better word other than cheap I mean the cheaper the better I mean all my brushes are the same my the brush I bestered my father to buy like 25 years ago I still use the same brush for painting so yeah any any
0: any brand usually works yeah and and and, and with the grinds afterwards you you're saying that you use that in your garden so. It's almost yeah. like this is a zero waste form of artwork. Almost, because
1: sometimes if I, I mean, for this exhibition, there was so much waste generated that I couldn't put all in the garden because uh, the pH levels change.
0: Right, uh, right, because the acidity <laughs> uh, of the coffee. Yeah,
1: yeah. But one other, one other good way to use them is to introduce mushroom spores and actually grow mushrooms in them. We don't have get, I mean, I didn't try growing mushrooms in Oman, but in general. Coffee waste is used to grow mushrooms. They retain that moisture uh, well, so the spores can grow
0: faster. Is what I was told. I need to experiment on that, but yeah, I I I might have to get into mushroom farming then. Yeah, I don't know what kind of mushroom you're talking about. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe the fun kind. I don't know, but yeah. So, well, I mean, that's that's so awesome, man. So your art—it's not just mental illness. I mean, you've done portraits, um, abstract art. Like I've always—the uh, name itself suggests. Like, what exactly is abstract? How is abstract art different from regular art? And my understanding is that it's—it's it's highly interpretive. It's—it's it's far more interpretive than, say, traditional art. As in, this is the picture. Look at the valley, look at the mountains, so on and so forth. What exactly is abstract art? Exactly what you said. <laughs> it's all about <laughs> how
1: you interpret a painting. I mean, there were paintings where people looked at it and like a, a baby could do it. What exactly is special in that? I mean, that is exactly what is special. A baby could do it. So for a 30, 40, 50 year old to channel, channelize the inner baby in them to come up with that is is a journey in itself. I mean, you don't need to buy it, or you don't need to uh what should I extol its virtues or anything, but you just need to just appreciate art and then move on to the next painting. I mean, if you look at uh I mean I'm gonna sound pompous and everything, but I did when go through Money's paintings of the lilies and uh, uh that that thing was not even uh one of the paintings I saw was not even. Uh, larger than 15 inches, like your laptop screen. The details he s- snuck into that, you go close, that 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 becomes an abstract art. You go back, back from the painting, that is a landscape. I mean, I thought that's, that's how uh, you can actually describe abstract art, I guess. Because one of my mentors, when I, I was afraid of abstract art, and initially I also was under the impression that it's not too hard but i i personally feel abstract art is a little harder than uh, you know making a portrait because if i get a portrait up to 95 percent i know the client is going to be happy i mean i need the additional three percent if it's not 98 i mean i have my own this uh, fighting with but with abstract art you don't know when to stop you don't know what is enough what if i put a couple of extra strokes what happened nothing happens because at the end of the day uh, the viewer the enthusiast wouldn't, uh, wouldn't know that you put an extra yeah. stroke there, but you know, right. <laughs> you know what right? it is and how are you going to take that and then is that extra stroke going to motivate you to put less brush strokes in your next, next painting or is it going to say, ah, I got away with one extra stroke. What if I put 10 more? I I think abstract art is something that, that actually pushes you to think more maybe and then it, it, it uh, motivates you to have that in the conversation
0: uh, yeah because it's, it, it's sort of what i'm what i'm picking up from what you're saying is 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 sort of the boundaries in the finite and the infinite and in a portrait where you're drawing a picture of somebody it's quite it's it's obvious where the boundaries lie like okay you know here it is here's the shoulders here's the face ears eyes so forth abstract art it's like you get that last stroke in and then the the viewer looks at it, and it's like, how do they know what the last stroke was? The, the moment when you're like, I'm done, you know, ta-da, right? And the, and then you're talking about the inner the inner child. And there's a book that I'm reading right now, uh, the Tao, um, which is ancient philosophy, ancient Chinese philosophy. And mm-hmm. it's it's Tao talks about well, what is Tao? And anything that you can explain isn't Tao. Like that's the opposite. So it's like a book of 5,000 words, but it's essentially saying that nothing is everything and everything is nothing. And you're like, what WTF does that mean? Right. And then it's saying about getting back into that inner child. Yeah. And that's where, I mean, that's perhaps I, the doubt the doesn't necessarily say this, but this is my, again, this is my interpretation because it's highly interpretive yeah. is that, getting back into that inner child. That's what peace is. That's what serenity is. That's what enlightenment is. And when you had your uncle, when you were talking to him and you said, well, how do crickets make noise? And instead of saying, well, they flick their wings together or whatever, he said, well, let's observe. And that is, that's wisdom. But what's interesting is that everything in the nothing is in us at all times. Eternity and the end is happening right now. And the 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 old person, the elder in us, already exists within us, and the child already exists within us. Yeah. All things already exist. Perhaps we just haven't got to that point yet. Yeah, Perfect,
1: perfectly
0: put. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and 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 and. But that's that's sort of why art is so amazing, is because it's like we are creating things that, again, are creating conversations, and I think it's what's progressing. Uh, humankind. I mean, what's the oldest form of art that you know of? for me, it's it's the cave paintings in France. Why did the people back then, however many thousands of years ago, why did they put that up there? That
1: would be a very interesting. I actually asked myself the same question while I was walking through those tombs of Egypt. I mean, there were a few places where they were like perfectly preserved. And then uh, at that moment, the question I asked me was, when the guy was actually painting the guy or a girl? I don't know. I mean, At that time I was told that they did discriminate a lot. And uh, apparently uh, the most society was matriarchal. You know, why they prospered now, uh, prospered then, right? You know why we are in our situation right now. Anyway, conversation for a different time. But that's that's when I thought. I does these people know when they're making it that two, three thousand years later, a dumbass artist from India is gonna look at it and is gonna go, "Wow, how did they do this?" And all of the art in the uh, in Egypt, most of it is abstract or at least that's what we are supposed to believe because we don't know how to interpret those symbols yeah so yeah what, what you said is exactly what i think i felt when i was uh, touring egypt
0: wow yeah because we we see things we see things through our lenses now but the lenses even though we have the same we have the same glasses like these glasses that i'm wearing Someone 3,000 years ago, they could have used and been like, oh, okay, I see things better. But yet, their interpretation of the world is completely different than my interpretation of the world. So their art, like you're saying, had a completely different interpretation. Yet, we're still interpreting this art as, like, some of us think, oh, these pyramids, it means there was aliens. Like, (laughs) that's fucking crazy, right? And it's like, well, maybe that's not what it meant, but that's our interpretation. Right. And that's what you said with what is art, who makes, who defines the meaning of art. Yeah. And it's a shared story. It's something that's always building upon itself. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. You definitely made me think about, yeah, like, like what, <laughs> so, so who is your favorite? Your favorite? Uh, here's this is a, a tricky question, and you don't have to say one, but what artist has influenced?
1: What you could Leonardo want. da Vinci without two thoughts. Mm.
0: This again,
1: so this uncle of mine, I was talking about, he has a friend who happens to be my mother's brother. <laughs> he, uh, his is a different kind of inspirational story, but he gave me a book while I was, I think, nine or ten. It's called How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci. And uh, that, 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 that's not a long read or anything, but it's a very interesting read. It all talks about why Leonardo was thinking about what he was doing at that time. Why was he dissecting birds? Why was he asking uh, butchers to show the musculature? Why was he designing the helicopter? I mean, the helicopter design we have right now is almost similar to what he has yeah. designed then. And then I think that has prompted me kind of, to become an engineer. And then uh, yeah, the, he is, yeah, he's I think he is a major influencing figure in my in my life till now. And when I went to this loop, and then I saw, I mean, people were going kaka over Mona Lisa. We had to go there and say hi, man, because it will be complete injustice if I don't go there. But John the Baptist. Not one person was in front of John the Baptist, and I was—I mean, I was closer to the painting than I am close than to my screen right now that day. And I was like looking at it, looking at the brushstrokes, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is actually a Did that? people, yeah. my wife, my wife is like, okay, I understand it, but this is too much. One and a half hour in. Loop. I was in front of John the Baptist, and I couldn't
0: get enough. I'm, I'm looking so, at the picture of Leonardo and John. Yeah, because oh yeah, and that is very that's actually the face is quite similar to Mona Lisa in that picture. What pointing out there are right? so
1: many uh what do you call
0: uh,
1: um theories where they say uh, Leonardo just uh, uh what do you call it's a the female body. version of him uh, in in the Mona Lisa? And then his space structures usually are... But I think Leonardo, personally, at that time he was actually working with cadavers and then trying to study human proportions. That is the reason he got the proportions same in all of that. Or he was known to be a trickster. So I don't know if he's tricking a future generation into thinking whatever we are thinking right now. So yeah, I I like to believe the second one because You know, trickster Leonardo is much more fun, and I can associate with him much more.
0: (laughs) Dude, that's such a crazy point because, yeah, you're saying that he's he's painting this picture. He's like, I'm going to completely fuck with people and not say who Mona Lisa is. They're going to be, who's Mona Lisa? And it's like, that's 500 years later. Well, I think it's (laughs) almost 500 years later. And they still have no idea who it is. And books have been written. Uh, what was that one that super famous one angels and demons or whatever the the, the da Vinci code Yeah, and right. and like and Leonardo is like hey man I'm gonna make this guy millions of dollars by making a book that's a complete conspiracy theory of what my art was about
1: <laughs> right
0: yeah. but but it yeah. is very and, and and the interesting thing about that John the Baptist painting that I was just looking up which I wasn't super familiar with but it's mm-hmm. very um adroit androgynistic like it's sort of like Is it male? Is it female? And these are the conversations that we're having today. I mean, what is masculine? What is feminine? I mean, really, what are those concepts? You know, I
1: I, I think it should all be more fluid too. I think it also makes life more easier if everything is more fluid, right? Yeah. So when they say pronouns and all of that, I'm like, why did we take so long to recognize all of (laughs) them?
0: Yeah. I, I, your, your, your choice of pronouns doesn't like, it doesn't affect, it really doesn't. Why should it affect me? Right. Why do we have to get all bent out of shape? Like if that's what you want, then tof, I respect yeah. that, you know, as, as long as we respect each other. Right. That, that's it. And I think that at the time in Leonardo's time in time, a lot of divisiveness and, and atrocity was waged mm-hmm. over religion. Now it's being waged over identity and culture. Um, and, and that's why perhaps, I mean, here I am, I'm just shooting out of the top of my head like a unicorn, but that's why it's still relevant, is it's like, we're still not able to get along with each other over yeah. really benign things when you think I, about it. Totally,
1: I mean, I think, I don't know who, But that certain set of people want to have some sort of a controlling power over the lesser masses. Yes, I agree. That's the best. I mean, a decent way to explain religion and other things that I don't want to get into controversy for. But
0: yeah. Oh no, no, no. Well, hey, trust me. I am. (laughs) I am no. The the name of the show is. I'm probably wrong about everything. But again, in the in the Tao, I mean, here's the weird thing: is that everything just. The more that you read, the more that you experience, the more it really does start to come together in the sense that nothing comes together. It's all completely individualistic, right? Yeah. And, and we're trying to you, form schemas. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, please. no. no, no.
1: I'm, adding on to that, I kind of quit reading books because <laughs> it's been almost six or seven years other than college textbooks. It's more or less I couldn't read because the more I read the more i know that there is so much more to read and uh, that kind of like okay no that that's gonna be a major disappointment if i die without reading all the all the books and i say i mean all so i'm like i'm gonna go with my knowledge and try to improve it from life let's let's see where that takes us
0: well and 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 in the Tao, you're right that's what it talks about it's like all words like all all words are just tricks Right, they're just tricks. They're just they're just agreements that we've made. Like uh, I'm going to call that a cat or whatever. I'm going to call you know this that. They're just they're just they're agreements that we've we've had to make so that we can move on as a society. But really, they are constructions. So much like like, what is objective truth and what is subjective truth? And that again is one of the fundamental questions that art wrestles with. Uh, Forgettable Vendetta said. We invent words for ease of communication more than to respect somebody. And it, you're right. I mean, this is this is what this means to me. This is what Christianity means to me. Uh, and and then it's, you know, I again, if Jesus came, he'd be like, What the fuck are you guys doing? I don't think he would say that. <laughs> but, anyways, he'd be like, What are you guys doing? You're fighting over the same thing. Read my book or whatever. <laughs> but but it is true, is that we were so pedantic. That's the word I'm looking for. Pedantic Mm. is that we're so focused on whether someone's right or wrong in the usage of what they're saying or, and they're forgetting, they're not understanding them. And that's why your art is so amazing because people are like, they're scratching their heads going like, what is this about? And maybe that's the inner trickster in you is that maybe you don't want people to know what it's about. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> oh. so, so, of all your work, uh, your body of work, what one are you most proud of, would you say? Or is there one that you can say you're most proud of? Mm, my next painting. That's abstract right now. I love it. <laughs> no, there what is, the is one,
1: one I'm almost proud of. That thing took me two years to paint. And again, that that also will disintegrate. But that is basically, there are so many names to it. I call it life as we know it. Sometimes I call it light at the end of the tunnel. Or sometimes I call it hope. Because when I moved to Oman, I just got married. It's just been five months. And this was a sudden change. And I was away from my wife for almost six months. And then at that time, I didn't know what to do. And uh, I thought, how do I document this? Or should I document this? Uh, All I did was I took a very small painting, a very small canvas, and then applied my first layer and just let it be. And for some reason, I thought it was important to take it along with me back to India when I was visiting. And uh, that just came with me from India uh, to Sri Lanka. Then we went to some other country, Vietnam and then I came back to Oman. So I went to different countries with me and finally my wife joined me seven months later and then when I saw the painting, it's taking some shape. So I just let it go because my wife is with me, that painting is not relevant to me. And I thought, let me see what will happen to it and I just left it in Oman, sun outside. There was rain, there was Gust, there was winds and everything. A year later, uh, uh, the painting started to take shape. It was changing its uh, the way it looks, and then is when I added layers, and then I did the same thing. When we, we used to go camping very frequently in the Omani desert, take the painting there and leave it. So some sand just falls on it. I need to know the actual location so that I can retrieve it. So finally, yeah, two years later is when I uh, when the painting is uh. I thought it was done, and uh, yeah, that that's the, and then I know that painting is going to uh, disintegrate because I didn't actually use a, a traditional uh, painting methods to paint it, and I exposed it to all the elements all the time. So that 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 is why I call it life because you don't know when it's gonna go, but it's go- you know that it's going to go. So that that's one painting I'm actually uh, very. Happy about not proud.
0: Happy.
1: Do proud you, it do you have... level it's actually downstairs, so I'm trying to look for it on my phone. It was on Insta. Ah yeah. Let's see, let me show you. Whoa. It's actually a small thing. thing. Then what I did was I actually did a mistake. You see the uh, uh, rectangle form in that? That's actually a paper, piece of paper that got stuck on coffee. (laughs) And I removed it. And then it it formed that shape. I mean, I had to remove the entire thing. And then I'm like, no, I'm not going to remove it. I'm going to give it a, a, a a gold treatment. Because, I mean, now I'll tell you the reason I call it hope. Because Whatever you see in gold is the route you wanted to take. But whatever happened, the road less traveled or whatever it is, is the coffees that you see. So there you go. It was supposed to be in the one way straight, but it went that way
0: and then your life went that way. So this is also. Hope. Dude! That is. What? Okay, so the fact um, this uh, ghost hand said there's always restoration processes. Just don't make like that one. Jesus Christ. <laughs> And I think that that's, that's also so important in this metaphor is, and talking about classical art, like, um, who painted the Sistine Chapel, uh, Michelangelo, Michelangelo thank you. And he used the egg, egg wash or whatever, and yeah, it's chipping it away. By, yeah. And, and it's like, we're fighting to preserve that, but it's like, that's how we are with earth. We're, we're fighting to preserve ourselves.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. man, the effort is so underhanded. I mean, I wish people put in more effort because,
0: I mean, there's another. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. This is the engineer in me, whatever. Because yeah. if you look at the way evolution has been going on, any species that is a threat to Earth gets eliminated. Sharks, yeah dinosaurs and i mean there are there are survival of the fittest that's a different thing but then when you look at major species we are looking at dinosaurs and we are looking at uh, taking just the dinosaur maybe as example they, they became too much for earth and then they were eliminated i mean how they were gone is a different oh thing. i see what you're saying yes yeah, yeah earth, now, earth yeah i think coronavirus is along those lines trying to you know get rid I
0: mean, it's yeah. sad, but I don't know. I think that's where it's going because. It's yeah. inevitable, right? We're, but but mankind, excuse me, humankind, we, we are so anxious that we just, we want to control everything. The idea of, you know, like um, Greenpeace and stuff like that, George Carlin makes a joke about it, but it's like. The Earth doesn't give a shit. When we're gone, it's just gonna keep doing what it does, and then another squid people are gonna rise up or something. But, but I do think that that's such an amazing metaphor for life that these paintings disintegrate. I mean, was that intentional? Was that was that the meta? Like, did you want that to be a metaphor, or did you just kind of stumble upon that? No. And what does that mean to you?
1: Some of them are. Uh, intentional. Like the Alzheimer's painting and the light yes. painting. Both of them are intentional because that's the cold, hard truth. I mean, I haven't made peace with it yet. I I wake up in cold sweat when whenever I actually like yeah. think of that. Then what will happen? Blah blah blah. What was I doing before 1983? I mean, I have no recollection. I'm like, idiot, yeah. you weren't born then. <laughs> so what happens? How is, how are things? So that, that 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 that's a different uh, uh, thing always in my head. But these, yes, this was uh, uh, totally intentional. That's the reason I use these unconventional uh,
0: uh, material. Well, I mean, with life and Alzheimer's, you provoke people. I, well, I don't know if provokes the right verb, but you 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 evoke, you evoke, evoke, provoke. I think evoke is a little bit more like oh, right? Evoke? Because uh, yeah, but, but maybe maybe it is provoke, them. yeah. not yeah. provoke them because life is evoke? a blessing, man. This is a it's a privilege to be alive, right? Some have more privileges than that. others, of course. Yeah. I wish
1: people understand that because. I mean, going back to provoke and evoke, I can evoke a feeling, I can evoke motivation in you, but working on that motivation or pursuing it further is all on you. But if I provoke you, mm-hmm. I'm actually hitting you in, in 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 spots that will make you work towards it. So that, that's the reason I always go by distractor even after all these years. Yeah. And that's the reason I want to provoke people. I mean, before I actually, the show started, uh, one of the journalists was interviewing me here in uh, Oman. And he asked me, Oh, your uh, paintings have negative connotations. Do you think people are going to buy them? I don't fucking care if they're, they're going to buy them. <laughs> No, the idea is to remove that concept that it is a negative aspect. It is not. Mm. It is a mental disorder. Just like you have a headache, you have a mental disorder. It's,
0: right. it's it's
1: If you ask me, it's worse than a headache or a fever. You go through it, your caregivers go through it. People who love you have to see you disintegrate and they go through it because that will start their emotional journey from there.
0: Right.
1: So yeah, that, that, that interview where maybe you have some disorder too. I'm like, I may have, I may not have. That doesn't actually come into picture when we talk about it. If you want to ask me about it, yeah, that's a different conversation mm-hmm. we can have. Right. So it's uh, yeah.
0: Well, and 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 to your point, when I when I was thinking of mental illness and Ghost Hand just said there's a beautiful album called Everywhere at the End of Time, where each track is more degraded Ah, in order to stimulate the feeling of dementia.
1: Yeah, that's like my one of my next. uh, Oh, I mean, since it came up, I'm gonna say my next concept is to actually have an audio-visual experience. So where you can... I'm I'm trying to figure out if I could paint and then make that into a 3D painting. And then people are going to wear a VR headset and experience the painting while music is played to them. So the way you experience the painting is going to completely change. And the next level is to actually pair it with some sort of food and then have that experience so that it's it's going to... uh, I don't know when I can, uh, I need a grant or something like that for it. So your audience has some sort of a curator who's willing to sponsor that. It's going to be a very interesting project.
0: But yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, as you were speaking, there was, there's two things that came to mind. And I think that there's two different ways of, well, there's many different ways of living, but here in Western society, we wrestle with two different ways. And I think one is consumerism the accumulation of stuff to distract ourselves whatever it may be you know i got all these books in the background that you can see that's a pretty good distraction uh there's consumerism and then there's the actual like living your life the experiential part of your life um thank you mitch um. Someone's just saying that the the audio sounds better. It was a little tinny before I got a better mic. But anyways, oh. and there's there's two things that stick out in that. So two stories. One story was I saw this video, and it's about thirty seconds long, and it's all this garbage and stuff, just detritus everywhere in this big white room full of like articles of clothing, books, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's called the Breath, I think it is, and you hear a guy go. Hmm. Ah, and then scream, and you're like, holy shit, what the fuck? I don't know if you've heard of this. And then the yeah. other story that comes to mind, and yeah, it's amazing. I can't seem to find it on the internet, but it's like very existential. And then the other story, I was in uh, the Harrison Hot Springs, and there was this guy there from Eastern Europe, Romania to be precise, and we're having a conversation, and he says to me, life is like a flower. He said, life is like flower. When it blooms, enjoy it. And I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. because so much of our lives, we run around chasing things that really don't fucking matter. And he's saying that life only blooms for a brief moment. Enjoy it. And that's what your paintings Uh evoke, provoke, is that Mm -hmm. we don't have, in this form, we're not here forever. Yeah. True, man, totally. Like Last I remember question. Going to, uh... yeah. no, nothing. no, 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 no. You, no. you, you, you remember. Sorry for interjecting. Go
1: ahead. No, man. I studied in the U.S. I studied in the University of Utah. And uh, that's when uh, one of those days, I think I was having a conversation late in the night, 2.30 or 3 in the morning after a motorcycle ride, just sitting on the street and talking about it. And I got time to do this. Now, looking back, this it's been 13 years. I'm like, fuck, 13 years went that way. And it's going to yeah. be that by the time I'm going to be 50 and then that by the time I'm going to croak. So <laughs> well, what you said is like, you know, yeah. it's, a, wow. it's, it's, it's perfect. Life life is too short. People think life is too long, but no. No, oh, man. There's so many things to do, so, much, so many things to experience, so many people to meet, so many people to... I don't know, love, or lean, both.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Distractor, <laughs> so little. You, you. you have said it so well, my friend. Thank you so much for your time. Last, last question. What made you decide the name Distractor? Ah, this
1: name is almost as old as me. I Another uncle comes into picture now. And this is actually like one of my favorite uncles. He he lives mm-hmm. in the U.S. He's a doctor. He's a professor also in Texas. Uh, amazing guy. My one of my role. I have six role models, and he's one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was preparing for his medical exams. He's gonna. He need to give that exam to get into medical college, medical school, med school. So he was staying with us. Uh, for a long period of time and I was a year and a half old and I am a very, very, very energetic child. You see Mask, the movie Mask, the way the baby just that—that that is exactly me and Mask is one of my favorite movies. I mean Jim Carrey is a different level altogether and you should check out his abstract art. So he, this uncle of mine, he's the one who named me actually also and then he said, oh, this fellow is such a distraction. Why am I such a distractor? And in his break, he taught me what's your name? I'm like, distractor. So that's always been. So I stopped saying my name is Dhiraj, and I started saying I'm distractor since I'm a year and a half old. And then when I started my art, that, that is what I thought. I'm, I've always been different. I'm not a typical Indian uh, per se. Uh, so I'm like, let me go back to my roots. And when I went back to my root, I went back totally, completely back. So, that's yeah, awesome. that's how distractor has come. And then, yeah, I thrive in chaos. I try to create chaos because there's always a pattern in chaos that people miss. If you can hold that pattern, I think. So, I try to create chaos so that people can look at some sort of a pattern in
0: there, hopefully. Perhaps chaos is nature and that we just attribute, we attribute values. I mean, values are created ultimately, right? Good, bad, evil, and different, you know, all these things. But nature is nature and chaos is chaos. And culture is creation and culture is society, right? So. Perfectly, yeah. Distractor, thank you so much for your time. We have to, I I have to have you back on the show. I mean, I always say this, but. I am so blessed and privileged and, and honored to meet uh, and speak with people. Mine. Well, it's, it, the feeling is mutual, my friend. Thank you so much. So keep doing what you're you doing. Keep being different. Uh, any, <laughs> any last words for, for our audience here? Any encouragement, anything like that?
1: No, no I'm not good with that. Follow my work. I think that is where I'll challenge your thoughts. And uh, if you have good ideas about what direction I should take my art or what other controversial topics I can paint about, I'm actually thinking of doing something about nudity, but I I need some mental peace to get there. But I'm more open to ideas or I want to improve on my mental health uh, uh, artwork. So if you have stories, Share your stories so that I can make something on that—a tribute to your story—and then a song that particular person might like. And we can start with the experiential uh, exhibition right there.
0: Anything, anything.
1: My Instagram, just a comment. I'm very active there. I mean, mostly active, but I read everything. So
0: wonderful. What What is the Instagram again? It's it's distractor, correct?
1: A distractor with
0: double A-D-I-S-T-R-A-A-C-T-O-R. All right. Thank you so much for those listening. Thank you for joining us. Uh, You can follow us on YouTube at I'm Probably Wrong About Everything. Type that in. Subscribe, like, share this with friends and family. Once again, this was Distractor, the coffee stain artist. Thank you. again that was a distractor explaining the message behind his art and uh, and how he came up with these ideas Um, it just brings to mind that a philosophy I try to live behind which I sometimes struggle with in this world where we want to collect material items prestige fame fortune all these things to to prove ourselves and to to make a stake in this life. It also brings forward that this life is finite. And I need to remind myself to collect memories, not just things. Because at the end of this life, I I can't take my things with me. But I will take my memories. And my memories will live long in the hearts of others that I was able to share with them long after I have passed. The idea that this art that Distractor has made does not last forever, that it, it fades away as time passes is incredibly poetic and again telling of the human experience. In the time that you're given, what is it that you want to achieve? What is it that you want to do? And who do you want to do those things with? Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you again for listening. I'm Robert Grant, and I'm probably wrong about everything.